Welcome into the very first edition of the Game on Fantasy podcast associated with Game on Wisconsin, of course. I'm sure you've seen uh, our content being promoted across the site. Uh, today I am joined by Gage Bridgeford, and we are super, super excited to be here. Uh, thankful to Jacob Westendorf for the opportunity to put on this show for you guys. And honestly, just talk fantasy football between um, a couple guys who really, really get into fantasy football. So we start rolling, start rolling through our bios, and you can definitely see that uh, this is something that we're passionate about and that we are, you know, very serious about at the same time. So, uh, you know, before we kind of get into the meat and potatoes of this show, Gage, why don't you give the crowd a shout out? Uh, how's everyone doing? Uh, as Tyler said, we are both huge fantasy guys. Uh, this will be my 12th year of, no, yeah, 12th year playing fantasy. Uh, it is my third season writing about fantasy. I uh, covered it for... Um, a number of uh, websites around the internet covering Dynasty, Daily Fantasy, and everything in between. Um, when I would, Tyler approached me with this uh, topic or joining this team last week, I was uh, as soon as I he gave me just the brief details, I responded, "I'm in." I didn't I didn't need the fancy call. You didn't have to throw the Brinks truck at me. I was just I was ready to be here because uh, it gives me the opportunity to join a great group that was coming together and uh, help build it from the ground up. So. Yeah, that's a little bit about me. Uh, Tyler, you, tell them what you kind of work on. Yeah, uh, you know, I've been on the Packers Twitter for a few years now, but I really started getting into actually writing. Uh, my junior year of college, I actually started writing for the Indi- about the Indianapolis Colts for an Indianapolis website. And um, from there, it just kind of steamrolled into writing about the Packers. Uh, I've written for the Cheesehead TV Draft Guide. I've written for Dynasty Nerds Fan Sighted. Uh, NFL Analysis Network, so I, I've been kind of all over the place, and I've written about a lot of different things, and I've been on the Packaday podcast for over two years now. I've been, uh, I was one of the OG members, I guess you could say, uh, so I'm very honored to be able to say that, and um, that's just been a great experience, and I, I'm I'm even more excited to be here with the Game on Wisconsin team because it's 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 honestly been a lot of fun. Jacob's, Jacob has done a fantastic job of putting putting this team together and uh, everybody everybody cares, everybody wants to be here and everybody is ready to talk about not only Packers football but just football in general and um, it's a great crew and I'm very excited to be here and be able to have, uh, we'll, we'll say our own show, our own bit here on Game on Wisconsin and uh, that I'm just ready to get going and uh, if you're ready we can start talking about some fancy football. Let's get to it. Alright, so the general gist of this show is... Um, Something that Gage and I discussed, we want this show to be very fan-driven. So, you know, whatever whatever questions you might have for us leading up to our normal Friday releases of this episode uh, of the Game on Fantasy show, we will take questions leading up to Friday always. There's always going to be an open mailbag, and hopefully as our audience grows and we get feedback from you guys, we can provide more immersive content in that way. And so please, let us know. Uh, any feedback you have, any questions you might have leading up to the week of that of those NFL games. Uh, so just due to the nature of how we're recording, we are slated for Friday mornings at this point in time. Uh, stay tuned because that could change if we decide we need to move up to a different day. We will not be covering Thursday night football. We will actually be covering uh, post that. So basically all the Sunday games and the Monday games, but we will have all of your needs, your fantasy needs for those games. And... Um, there's nothing I love more than giving fantasy advice. So, without further ado, let's let's get started, Gage. I mean, the basically what we're gonna do today is go over uh, every single game. Uh, we're gonna go we're gonna go through and give you a brief, <laughs> brief 
brief matchup preview. Uh, we don't want to keep you here for too long. Uh, we're probably already going to run as an hour as it is. But basically, we're going to go through every single matchup, you know, highlight some players that we think could outperform, underperform, uh, matchups we like, matchups we don't like. So let's just kind of get into it here. Let's start with the Bears and Lions. We're going to start in the NFC North. Who is your player to watch in the Bears-Lions game? Uh, my guy to watch is Allen Robinson. Um, Allen Robinson, I, I know that's not a super exciting pick, but Allen Robinson quietly finished as a wide receiver one last year. I believe he was wide receiver seven, if I remember correctly. And the whole narrative surrounding Chicago all year long was, Mitch Trubisky's bad, he can't do anything right, he's terrible, blah, 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 blah. But the the guy led them to a like 7-9, and 8-8 record. Robinson was a wide receiver one. David Montgomery had some games where he showed some flashes. I think that Allen Robinson has no problem being a wide receiver one again. And in that game specifically, he's got – Jeffrey Okuda is going to be matched up against him. Don't get me wrong. I loved Okuda coming out. But this is NFL game. He hasn't played any preseason. So it's going to be really interesting to see if he's able to – like if he's up to the task of guarding a player of Robinson's caliber right out of the gate. So that's that's my guy to watch in that game. Yeah, I you know, I, I like Allen Robinson in that game as well. It is all about Mr. Bisky. What can he do under center? It, it does look like he's going to be the starter for week one. I don't think that's much of a surprise uh, if, for those who are actually following the, the training camp battle. Uh, it sounds like Nick Foles, like every other veteran quarterback that has come into Chicago, um, has not necessarily performed up to snuff, and it is Mitch Trubisky's job to lose at this point. I don't like the matchup in its entirety. I'm kind of avoiding this Bears-Lions matchup. I just have a feeling uh, that it's going to be a dirty a dirty matchup where it's going to be a low-scoring, uh, grinded-out type of game where it's going to be you maybe 2017 final score. Uh, that, that never bodes well for your fantasy uh, outlook. David Montgomery is the guy I'm going to be keeping an eye on, though. Uh, what can the Lions do to stop the run? They lost Damon Harrison. Uh, they lost a couple linebackers due to injury and free agency. So what can the Lions do to stop the run? Uh, if David Montgomery indeed does play, it looks like he was practicing. Uh, we're recording this one on Wednesday. So if he was playing or practicing today uh, and he continues to practice on Thursday and Friday, Friday will be the big big indicator there. If he, in, if he indeed does practice on those days, then David Montgomery is the guy I'm trotting out there because I like his chances. I, like, I think Nagy wants to rely on the run. I think he wants to lean on it. And uh, Montgomery has been promising in camp from, from everything that you can see. And um, the Lions were never really the best team at stopping the run, even though they tried to invest in it last year. So that's the guy I'd be looking at in, in this Chicago-Detroit uh, matchup. With Montgomery, I honestly, I kind of thought about him. I, I honestly think he's a good, a sneaky start this week. Because like you said, Detroit struggles to stop the run. I was right, working on an article that I think will be that I think came out today or be coming out tomorrow. Be coming out tomorrow, and I almost put him in as a potential start for this week just because he's got a good matchup. Um, I don't really have a ton of faith in like Cohen to get the ball a lot, and I think that they'll try and take the ball out of Trubisky's hands. So Montgomery, if you are in a deeper league, uh, he's probably your RB three, and he's you could do a lot worse this week. Yeah, and there's actually some leagues that I have Montgomery as my RB2 because I uh, inadvertently applied the zero RB strategy, <laughs> so I really had to kind Mistakes of... Mistakes were guys. made. Yes, uh, but you know what? I'm deep at receiver in those leagues, so I'm not going to complain. Um, yeah. So who is one player that you think could possibly underperform in this Detroit-Chicago uh, Detroit matchup? 
Uh, a guy I think could underperform is – this hurts me because I love him, but Matt Stafford. I love Matt Stafford. I think that he is severely underrated. Um, I All offseason long, if he slipped too far, I was targeting him in drafts. Uh, he's still – on the, he's still on the younger side. Like he's he's a veteran, but he's still younger for a veteran. Um, he was on QB three pace last year. Let that sink in. If he hadn't gotten hurt and maintained his pace, he would have been QB three at the end of the year. Um, he throws the ball a ton, but he was highly efficient with it. He's got a great wide receiver one in Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones is a strong number two. Another guy that's going really late in drafts, but this. Bears defense is still real good. Like Jalen Johnson's got a lot to prove stepping in uh, to that corner spot opposite Kyle Fuller, but this defensive front's still really good between Mack and Akeem Hicks. And uh, if uh, who's I'm drawing a blank, Robert Quinn, if Robert <laughs> Quinn can live up to that contract, they can present a lot of problems for this Detroit line who lost their starting right tackle and uh, Rick Wagner, who we all now know and love because he's in Green Bay. But Big V, uh, I can't. Even, I'm not even gonna try and pronounce his name. The guy, the tackle came over from Philly. Uh, I think he's gonna have his hands full all day long. Stafford's athletic, but he's not super athletic. He's not gonna escape really well. I think that he's gonna have a down game. I think he might still maybe put up 200 yards, but I think that they've showed that they want to run the ball, as evidenced by drafting DeAndre Swift. They just signed Adrian Peterson last week. They just said a couple days ago that Peterson's gonna be featured heavily. So, while I love Stafford. If I could find another quarterback this week, I'm going to try and find one. I'm with you there. I, I think I own him in most of my leagues at this point. Just based off of value, I was able to get him pretty cheap this offseason. He's one of my favorite uh, value draft picks that I was able to get. But I'm not starting him anywhere this week. I, like you said, they still have Khalil Mack. They still have Akeem Hicks, who, looks, who appears to be healthy now. Um, that Bears offensive front is still just as fierce as I remember it being. I don't have a lot of confidence in the Detroit offensive line to keep Stafford upright. Uh, it could just be another repeat of what we've seen for the past few years for the Lions. Overall, I love Stafford this year, but I don't think this week is it. Uh, let's move on, though, to our next matchup. My website load here. So we've got the Browns and the Ravens. This is a very interesting one to me. Uh, it has the potential to be a shootout or has the potential to be a typical AFC North, you know, punch them in the mouth type of game. Uh, what are you looking at here in Cleveland and Baltimore? Uh, so right now, this has one of the higher over-unders on the week at 48 and a half. Um, you're starting Lamar. You're starting Mark Ingram. You're starting Nick Chubb. Yep. You're starting OBJ and Jarvis Landry. If you don't start Jarvis Landry, you're bad. Um, I'm sorry. He's good. He's going to get a lot of targets, and he's going to rack up a lot of points as a result. Um, after that, things start to get a little questionable. Uh, Mar oh, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews needs to be in your lineups. Austin Hooper, interesting, but um, Baltimore's got a really good defense, really aggressive defense. Uh, Cleveland's offensive line will be be interesting to watch here. Obviously, they revamped it this offseason, brought in Jedrick Wills, and uh, who was the guy from Tennessee that they signed? Conklin. Conklin. They signed Jack Conklin. I always get him and Taylor Decker confused because they came out in the <laughs> same year. They and both the are right tackle. Or, Taylor yeah, Lewan, yeah, and Taylor Decker. All of them. <laughs> so... So they revamped that offensive line. I think they're going to try and lean really heavily on the run and try and bleed out Baltimore. So I think that under that over under is really high if we're being realistic here because I think the Cleveland defense is better than it gets credit for. They're a little soft at safety due to injury to Grant Delpit and linebackers a bit of a question mark. But the corners are decent. The defensive line's good. 
I think this is going to be another low-scoring game. If So I think it falls more in the classic AFC North category. And I think that you're starting your studs in this game, but I'm not super excited about anyway, anybody. Like, Hollywood Brown could maybe ha- do something special today or, like, this weekend just because he is such a big play threat and he put on, like, 20 pounds of muscle this offseason. And he's just – he's fast. And fast players make big plays. But I think that Baltimore is going to be content to just ball control – uh, use their stable of running backs that's just n- crazy deep and just bleed out the clock for 60 minutes. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. I'm not really starting anybody outside of my of my quote-unquote studs. So you're Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram, uh, Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't put Marquise Brown in that category. I think he's definitely one that you can debate uh, in terms of a start-sit category. Uh, on the other side of the ball would be Jay Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb. I think Austin Hooper is debatable because uh, I don't know how he's going to fit in that, that offense. And Kevin Stefanski has a weird obsession with tight ends. So who knows how he's going to use all three guys uh, with that being Harrison Bryant and David Njoku behind Hooper. So they did give they did give Hooper the bag this past offseason, but at the same time, it's Kevin Stefanski, and I just don't know what to expect from that offense right now in terms of the tight end position. My key to the Browns offense is obviously Baker Mayfield. He had a very disappointing year two, uh, so I want to see how he can rebound in year three. Um, it's going to be a. It's definitely going to be one of those Mr. Bisky type things. If if the quarterback is on, I actually like a lot of pieces of the offense. If the quarterback is off, I, I don't like a lot of pieces of the offense. So, if if Baker Mayfield can and really take a step forward this year and not only become a vocal leader but also a a performing leader, then I really like this Browns offense and I think that this could be a good game. I really do think it could approach that forty eight and a half over under that set. Uh, let's move on to Packers-Vikings, though, the game that we are all waiting for us to talk about. Uh, in terms of fantasy outlook, I actually love this game for the Packers. I love, 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 especially with the news of Daniil Hunter possibly being out today. Um, actually, he will be out. He was put on IR, excuse me. So he, there Was no he game. really? He was put on IR today. So no Daniil Hunter for the Vikings for the first three weeks at least. And you're looking at uh, Yannick Ngakwe and a bunch of other pass rushers that nobody knows um, in terms of that defensive line for the Vikings. So probably tons of double teams heading in Gakwe's way uh, on Sunday in Minnesota. So the Vikings are currently two and a half point favorites. The line did move 0.5 today after the Neil, after the Neil Hunter news, it was three point favorites from Minnesota uh, as of this morning. So what are your thoughts on this Packers Vikings matchup from a fantasy perspective? I think it all comes down to that right tackle. Um, obviously, we don't know who's going to be starting for Green Bay, but um, hopefully it's either one of Billy Turner or Rick Wagner. Uh, I really don't want to see anybody else starting at that spot. I don't know who it's going to be. Matt LaFleur is playing that real close to the chest. Um, I think that if you get one of those two starting, that makes life a lot easier, and uh, this offense opens up a lot. Um, Bob Tanyan's a sleeper tight end for the week. Tight end is kind of a crapshoot out of the top, outside of the top six, seven, eight guys. Um, it just takes one touchdown to make a week, it takes one big play to make a week. And Bob's one of the guys that can do that. Same thing with Jace. Uh, but we've seen with the depth chart, Bob's the number two there. Um, in terms of a fantasy play, uh, I think Aaron Jones has potential to have a really big week. Like, um, the Vikings have, like you said, they have Yannick Ngakwe and then a lot of question marks. Hercules Mata'afa has got an elite name, but, um, he's the, it's a bunch of question marks up there. I think the green Bay's offensive line is better than their defensive line. Like if you put Yannick and, uh, D on the same level, 
then the rest of the way across the board, I think Green Bay dominates them, especially with Hunter out. Hunter out, Hunter in makes it a different story. So I like Aaron Jones a lot in this game. Um, my my big guy though, Devontae Adams is going to be He's might be have he might be wide receiver 1.01 this week. If he was, I would not be surprised. He might not have the most yardage at the end of the week, but he could easily have 15 catches and on 18 targets and like two touchdowns. I would I would not be surprised in the slightest just because this cornerback room got burnt to the ground this offseason for the Vikings. And while they have some pieces there, like Jeff Gladney's an interesting rookie, it's Mike Hughes is not big enough to cover Devontae. They're not going to be able to stick with him off the line of scrimmage, and he's going to eat. Alan Lazard is an interesting flyer this week, um, especially if you play in like standard leagues that – give uh, less value to PPR. I think that he's got big play potential, uh, can come down with a touchdown maybe. So the, what was the, what's the over-under on this game? 45 and a half. 40, 45 and a half? All right. Um, I would take the over on that because I think that Green Bay is going to give up some points. Additionally, if you are a betting person, I would sprinkle some on Green Bay money line this week because 100%. I have – like if you can get it with uh, Minnesota favorites, go Green Bay money line and thank me uh, with a five dollars to my Venmo, please. Thanks. <laughs> and I completely agree with you on everything you said. I think Aaron Jones could have a big day. I think Devonta Adams could have a big day. Uh, I, I like Robert Tanyan uh, as a sleeper tight end for the Packers in general. Uh, every every single day, I feel like I'm seeing more news on how Robert Tanyan is becoming the lead tight end. Uh, Mercedes Lewis is obviously going to have his role, but he's not going to be producing from a fantasy outlook. Jay Sternberger, I don't want to say it's been a disappointing offseason, but you're just not hearing his name from the coaches and other players as much as you would like to for a guy that you're looking for a big year to leap from. So I think Robert Tanyan is a tight end to own in this room right now. But maybe this isn't the week when you have guys like Eric, Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, you know, they're kind of tight end erasers from in, in a sense. So I, I don't know if I like him this week, but I do like Tanya a lot moving forward. Uh, the money line, easy smash for me over, over, uh, over 45 and a half as well. Easy smash for me. I'm taking both of those and running. Uh, and I'm, I'm really playing most of my offensive pieces this week. I do like Lazard as a, as a flyer in non PPR leagues as well. So Colts and Jaguars, what do you have to say about the Jaguars? Start DJ Chark, and um, there you go. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I, I did it. Uh, Jaguars have a good offensive line. Uh, don't touch the running backs. I just I can't trust them right now. Um, like James Robinson's the starting guy. I can't trust him. He's a rookie. He's a late round rookie at well, that. Quick, yes, I agree. I'm not starting any of the Jaguars running backs. But if you're going to pick one up and keep him on your bench to see what happens, I think I think James Robinson's the one to do so. I'll, I'll give you that, but I'm. I'm not going to target any of them. I would prefer to just target other players on other teams. Like, if I'm targeting a deeper guy, I'm going to look at a guy like Naeem Hines from the Colts, uh, who I think has big um, PPR potential this year. Don't pick him up in standard leagues. If you are in a league that does not value receptions, do not go target him. This guy, through two seasons, has 107 receptions and 137 carries. As a running back, he's got th- just 30 more carries than he does receptions. So I would prefer not picking up James Robinson. But if you're in a really deep league, you might not have a choice. Sorry, I'm pulling up Austin Eckler's receiving stats from last year because I know they were insane. Uh, he had they 92, were real good. He had 92 catches for 993 yards and eight touchdowns. And so Phillip Rivers is 
he's not the quarterback he used to be, but he's never had a big arm either. So he's going to he's going to look for some of those underneath routes. That's why I like a guy like a Paris Campbell as well. Um, I did write about Philip Rivers being my start of the week because he still is able to find those big plays somehow. He really he really thrived in Los Angeles with with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Somehow was able to make big plays all the time. And so I really do like him as a fit in this Colts offense. I really think he's been a sleeper all offseason in terms of where he's being drafted and, and what he could uh, return in value. I, I love Philip love Philip Rivers uh, as a Colt, period. And I love him in this matchup this week. I think if you're looking for a guy, you just need you have a quarterback and you're not sure about it, I think you can trot Philip Rivers out there and be, be sure you're going to get 15 to 20 points and feel pretty good about it. I agree with you. Uh, I think that this Jaguars defense is really soft. It's a shell of itself that uh, almost should have went to the Super Bowl that year. They should have went to the Super Bowl. They melted down in dramatic fashion. So I agree with you on Phillip Rivers this week. Uh, I also think Marlon Mack's a good start this week. Uh, I may or may not be writing about him uh, as soon as this podcast is over. So Marlon Mack's got a good matchup. I think that this is one of those classics. Start all your Colts. Now you have Jack Doyle at tight end. Uh, another another great sleeper option at tight end, considering Trey Burton just went on IR. Um, you so you have m- multiple options here if you're looking for wide receiver. Uh, you have T.Y. Hilton, maybe Paris Campbell, uh, and then you've got Marlon Mack. I think Jonathan Taylor could get some work if if it, if it turns out to be a blowout. You know, you can get you maybe ten points this week in, in a an emergency flex situation. I think Jonathan Taylor is fine. Marlon Mack, uh, Naheem Hines, Jack Doyle. So there are options here for you if you need offensive pieces. I think you're looking at the Colts this week. Uh, that's seven and a half point favorites, though. I, I like it. It's just in the NFL, it's so hard to win that easily sometimes, but the Jaguars are that bad. How, how does that seven and a half point favorite make you feel? Uh, I don't like it. I don't think the Colts are going to win big. Um, I think that they're going to win with ball control, similar to how I expect Baltimore to win. I think they're going to win with ball control. If you get like if it's seven and a half, like I'm seeing seven a lot of places, and I would not like I would take the Jaguars on seven, just because I would expect a push if anything. But if I can, but if you can get seven and a half, I, I that just that makes me nervous. I don't want to touch that. I would take Jacksonville pretty easily. I just think that they're a good enough team, which is weird because they are terrible, but I think they're good enough to at least. Keep I, think, it close. I think they're good enough offensively with Gardner Minshew and the, the swagger that he provides with DJ Chark. I still like D.D. Westbrook. They do have a little bit of They do have some options on offense to try and compete in, in a shootout, let's say. So um, we'll see how the Jaguars actually look. Uh, there's definitely a lot of question marks heading into the 2020 season, and they are the favorites to be tanking for Trevor Lawrence. So let's see uh, how they actually respond this year after getting rid of all of their major, major assets of players. Uh, Raiders-Panthers. Currently set a 47.5 over under. Raiders are three-point favorites. That is a easy line. Give me that all day. I will take the Raiders to cover three and a half all day long. I It's nothing against... It's not that I think the Raiders are that good. It's I think Carolina's defense is that bad. Um, I think that the Raiders have, like, Brian Edwards is a guy that I was kind of down on compared to some people in the draft cir- in draft circles. I When I say down on, I saw people touting him as a top five wideout in this class. I which did. he was not. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, he was, he was not. You had 
It's a different discussion for a different day, but Lamb, Judy, Jefferson, Ruggs, and Rager. Those were an easy top five. Brian Edwards is not in that top five. Moving on. Henry Ruggs is good. Brian Edwards is good. Josh Jacobs is great. Uh, Carolina spent a lot of draft picks on this defense this offseason, and the defense is still not very good. Um, I think that CMC can present some problems for last year's Raiders defense, but with spending as much money as they did on athletic linebackers, I have faith that they can cover him somewhat. Um, DJ Moore is good. Teddy Bridgewater will probably feed him all game. Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson, I think, work too much down the field to be really effective with Teddy, which is why I don't think he's a good fit. Um, Ian Thomas, I love as a long-term sleeper, but I don't really love him uh, this this early on. So I think like you start CMC and DJ Moore and then nobody else on Carolina, and then... I think I'm Bridgewater is startable. Lot. I think Bridgewater is Bridgewater is startable in Superflex, but I'll give him in Superflex. But like, if you're playing like single QB, unless oh, no, you're in no, no, no. like, unless you got like a random injury like the last minute, I'm out. Not starting. I'm with you there. I think Waller's going to eat. I think Darren Waller is going to go off in this game. I think he's going to have a big game. I just don't know how Carolina is going to match up with him. I mean, you have guys like Shaq Thompson and maybe Jeremy Chin who can come in and make a play, but I. I'm just not seeing it. I, I think I think Darren Waller is really in for a big game. Um, Brian Edwards is, my opinion, the wide receiver one on this Raiders team. I think Ruggs was listed as wide receiver one on the, depth, the unofficial depth chart, maybe. But I think Edwards is going to be the wide receiver one. I think he just does it all. Whereas Ruggs, I still think, needs to learn some of the finer intricacies of, of playing wide receiver. He's definitely going to be a threat for any offense or any defense that plays this Raiders offense. But I think Edwards is the guy that is ultimately going to become the security blanket, the go-to, the the red zone threat that the Raiders needed. And so you have Josh Jacobs, smash him in this week. He, he's going to be uh, an easy start, uh, easy RB1. He should be this week, uh, even though they added Derek Brown to that Panthers defensive line. Raiders offensive line is one of the best in the NFL, and um, I'm taking Josh Jacobs. I don't think there's ever going to be a question of when we're going to take Josh Jacobs. So uh, he'll get the receiving work. That was a big question this offseason. He'll get the receiving work. He'll get the rushing work. He's going to be a he's going to be one of the top players in fantasy this year. You can take that to the books. Um, Dolphins Patriots. This is just a gross game for me. I'm actually starting Cam Newton in this game. I actually like him. He's a borderline QB one for me this week. I. That's really banking on McDaniel's coming out and saying that they're gonna they're gonna make plays for Cam Newton so that they can make him feel comfortable in, in what they're doing schematically. I, I like him a lot against this Dolphins defense. Like like you said, they spent a lot of capital on uh, on their defense like the Carolina Panthers did. However, it's still just not very good. They did add uh, Noah Ig Igbenahagany? I don't know how to say his name. So I was I like just going to let you keep going. Like, yeah, Noah Igbenahagany. That's, 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 that's how you say it. Igbenahagany. The only reason I know is because I listen to a lot of draft podcasts. So Okay. So Noah Igbenahagany, uh, that's what we're going to go with. And Byron Jones. I did add them. So maybe there's some le- less fantasy production from the wide receivers. Uh, but the wide receivers are kind of leaving more to be desired anyway. I'm a big and kill Harry guy. But I don't think this is the matchup this week for him. Uh, Julian Edelman, he's the only guy you're probably looking to start. I actually really like him in terms of uh, Patriots wide receivers this uh, in this week because I don't think they're going to move Igbenogany inside 
Byron Jones certainly is not going to play inside. So who's going to come in doing that? Ig Benogany has actually been the starter in the slot throughout camp. And from a Dolphins beat writer, I heard that he has looked actually the best among all corners in camp. So that is crazy. There you go. So even even with that being said, even if he plays in the slot, okay, it's a better caliber corner on Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman is much more savvy. He's a veteran guy. He's going to get open still. He's beaten better corners. I like Julian Edelman a lot this week, and with the concerns about Cam Newton um, and his arm strength, he could be looking to throw to his security blanket a lot. So with that being said, I'm also playing James White in my flex this week. I like him a lot. Uh, who I'm not really trying to play is anybody named Sony Michelle uh, or any other Patriots running back but James White. I think James White's the only guy uh, in that Patriots backfield that I'm looking to play. Uh, in regards to this game, I actually got a question shortly before this podcast started. I'm not going to shout out his name just because I don't want him to like, in case like there's any like gamesmanship going on. I had, he had a pick two, Devontae Parker, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, and Julian Edelman. So obviously two of those players are in this game, Devontae Parker, Julian Edelman. I was a little, I'm nervous about Parker just because like Parker mossed Stephon Gilmore in week 17 and just smoked him that entire game, which is great. And then Julian Edelman, I'm a little nervous about Edelman. Like you're you're high on him this week. I'm a little lower on him just because uh, he I don't know how this offense is gonna look and that makes me nervous. Like, could he come could Newton come out and just feed him 30 like 20 targets? Absolutely. Do I know that he's going to do that? Absolutely not. And that's why I went with the safer options in Robinson and Thielen. Who would you have gone with if you had been posed that question? Edelman and Robinson. Edelman and Robinson. Okay. That's 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 fair. I went with Thielen just because I know that he's going to get a lot of targets from Cousins just because Kirk Cousins will only target him. Um, I actually but, have a so, lot of pressure on Adam Thielen performing this year. Uh, in a side bet with just a couple of buddies of mine, uh, a couple of years ago, I said Adam Thielen will be out of the league in three years. So it's not probably it's probably not quite true yet. But at the same time, I do think that there is a major regression for Thielen this year. What that means, I I'm not 100 percent sure yet. But I do believe that Thielen's value in fantasy is going to be borderline wide receiver three or less. And I think Jefferson's the wide receiver to own in Minnesota. Um, I just, agree. So just to kind of premise everything we're going to talk about over the weeks here, I'm probably never going to be that high on Thielen unless he completely, unless he completely blows what I just said out of the water and he makes me look like a fool, which is sometimes not hard. I was like, not I'm hard. Pro- <laughs> probably not going to be high on Thielen in most weeks, but that doesn't mean there won't be weeks where he's definitely going to be a good wide receiver two player, wide receiver one even. I agree. Um, I, this week in this game, like Parker, I like, uh, I don't like him a ton. But uh, I like him just sheerly because they don't have anybody else to start there. Um, Jordan Howard, I am going to tout all year long, but this is one week where I'm not going to because it's a bad matchup for him. Um, so I think that, like on that side, I would start Fitz in a super flex. Maybe I would start to fix if it's in a super flex over Bridgewater, but I would not start him in single QB. Uh, and you then you take Fitzpatrick over Bridgewater. Strictly because I think he's going to get to throw more. I don't. I, well, I think I he's going to. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think that means he's going to be successful. I think he's going to. Th- I think he's a better quarterback, but that's just me. Uh, like I don't think Bridgewater's bad. I just think that Fitzpatrick has a higher ceiling. Um, like he throws the ball more, throws it farther down the field. He's got bigger, more explosive weapons. Like yes, Bridgewater has Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, who are big play guys, but he doesn't and throw DJ it far Moore. enough. 
They all go yeah, in the same but, category. Yeah, but they all are getting targets five yards down the field, whereas Devontae or let's go with Preston Williams is gonna get a target thirty yards down the field. So that's so that's just where that comes from for me. Um and then on the New England side, I can start Edelman just because like you probably drafted him highly enough that you need to start him. And then Harry, not this week, just because Miami's corners are good. Miami's corners are real good. And then Sony Michelle's a sneaky start. Dolphins don't, don't have a don't Dolphins don't have a great defensive line. Damian Harris is out. Damian Harris truthers eat your heart out. Um, I just think I've been so, burned by Michelle too many times. I think that, that maybe, maybe that's, that's what fair. it is. That's fair. I, I can understand that. But uh, I think Sonny Michelle is a sneaky start. Like if you're in a league where you got like running back injury issues or you got a bunch of bad matchups, matchups he's you could do worse in the flex. James White is a better start just because like he's going to get dumped out, dump offs. But that's kind of where I stand on this week. Not super excited about this game. Uh, for a reference here, New England's my number two defense. I don't like a lot of Miami's pieces this week, period. Uh, I think Parker's probably the only one you have to start. I think have to start him for the most part. For most teams, you probably drafted him as a wide receiver two or a flex. And so I don't know what Burita's role is going to be yet. Howard, you're hoping for touchdowns. I just don't like a lot of these pieces. And we don't know what Kosicki is yet either. Kosicki could be this, this slot receiver type role that they talked about in the offseason, but we just don't know yet. And so until we can get more information in that regard, I just don't like any of the Dolphins pieces outside of Devontae Parker. Um. Moving on, though, Jets-Bills. Bills are my number two defense on the week. Uh, actually, no, they're my number one defense. I take that back. My number one defense, I think New England's number two. But Bills are my number one defense on the week because they're playing the New York Jets, who have arguably one of the worst rosters in the NFL right now. And Sam Darnold is on the verge of being replaced if he has another bad year. I, Le'Veon Bell was the only bright spot in this Jets offense right now. And even I don't want to play him this week because I just don't think they're going to be able to do much against this Bills defense. I I agree. Um, I have Sam Darnold ranked as my 32nd quarterback this week. I think I do um, too. I think the Jets have a bad offensive line. They added Mekhi Becton, which is great. They added about 30 other pieces to that offensive line, but I'm not that sold on it. So pass, pass. They went with volume. They went qual- quantity over quality, and that's not how you do it. You add quality pieces, and you have quality players. Um, I don't like any of their receivers right now. Brashad Perriman. Crowder in PPR format, probably it. Okay, that's true. That's true. I lied. I'm starting Crowder in, like, three leagues. I own Crowder way more than I probably should, but I, lo- but I love him. He's going to get a lot of volume. I think last year, in like, week one, he had, like, 20 points, and he had, like, 99 yards or something stupid. It was awesome. That means you're drafting uh, for value, though. That's why you have so many Crowder shares. Crowder, Crowder's great. I love Crowder. Um, Bell, I'm starting uh, because of I think he's going to get volume. I am not as afraid of Frank Gore as a lot of people are. No. Um, and, and then for Buffalo, I'm starting Josh Allen. I am starting Stephon Diggs. I'm starting John Brown. Uh, and if I am desperate at tight end, I'm starting Dawson Knox. I want to start Devin Singletary and Zach, or I want to start Devin Singletary, but if I don't have to, I'm not going to. The Jets last year weren't good at much, but they were good at stopping the run. I understand Jamal Adams is gone. CJ Mosley. Yeah, but they didn't have CJ Mosley all year last year, so that clearly didn't matter. So um, the, they have tanks up front. Quinn Williams is going to get better in year two. Um, there's one thing that the Jets do well, and that's stop the run. Maybe they'll let. The Bills run all over him, so Adam Gase can be fired like he should. Um, yep, I said it. 
Uh, oh, so I, I don't disagree. So <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm saying it just to anybody out there that does that disagrees with me. So that's where I stand. Um, I'm not starting the running backs if I don't have to. If I do, I have no problem starting Singletary because if he gets the workload, he's really good. I think he's a flexible option bad. this week for sure. He, yeah, though, just the one thing you got to worry about is him getting that like early fumble and then just getting yanked. They shouldn't do that because he's really talented when you give him a lot of touches. But I agree. Uh, I think Moss is only startable in deep deep leagues i think you're looking for him to hopefully get a touchdown i don't know if he has more than a short yardage type role early on if he really does uh, what's the word um what's the word when you like when somebody like takes out like a king usurp uh, right usurp Is oh the word? there you go yeah big words I've watched the the day a little bit. yeah <laughs> so i don't know if he's gonna do enough to usurp uh devin singletary early on in the season uh, i think singletary is a clear favorite to start here in buffalo and i actually like him a lot uh, Josh Allen is going to be Josh Allen, but Josh Allen is a great fantasy quarterback because he puts up a lot of points by running the football. So I think you can start him uh, this week, and you'll be able to start him most weeks, I believe, with this offense. And I'm really excited to see what he can do with Stephon Diggs. I think Stephon Diggs is very, very much slept on this year. Uh, one of my one of my favorite value picks in most drafts this offseason. All right. Can't agree more. Eagles Washington. Now, if you had an opportunity to check out the uh, rankings we put up for week one, on Game on Wisconsin, uh, you would have seen that I had Terry McLaurin ranked as my wide receiver two for this week. Now, with that being said, I understand that the Eagles have acquired Darius Slay this past offseason. Also, I understand that Washington's probably not going to be very good. So what I'm looking at here is the terrible running back situation and really Washington having only one option for offensive production. Now, maybe that makes you say, okay, well, Teams are just going to scheme to stop McLaurin. They tried to do that last year, and they didn't, because Haskins and McLaurin have a fantastic connection, which goes understated. So what I'm looking at here is a Washington football team that has one really good option on offense, maybe two if you start talking about Steven Sims, and they're going to be playing down a lot. And the Eagles secondary, outside of Darius Slay, is not good. So... If they shadow him with Slay, sure. He probably won't be wide receiver two on the week. But if they don't, if they don't shadow him every single play, I, I think I think McLaurin, McLaurin is in for a huge week this week. Um, I like Terry McLaurin this week. Uh, I don't like him as much as you do, but I do like him this week. Um, I think Darius Slay shadows him, but I don't think he shadows him into the slot because Darius Slay doesn't go in the slot because he's not a number one corner because only number one corners go everywhere. That's why Jair Alexander <laughs> goes into the slot, and he's a better corner. Um, so I think Terry McLaurin has a good week. Like you said, volume. No one else is startable on this offense. Moving on to Philly. Um, yeah, man, it sucks that they, they're so injured. It really does. I hate seeing all of these injuries. I'm starting Carson Wentz. Agreed. Um, Miles Sanders is interesting. I don't know, like if he plays, it, like I, if he, it, like if is he playing this week? He sh- should be. I'm gonna do a quick check. If he's playing, I'm starting him. If he is, if Peterson comes out and says we'll give it a go, I'm starting Boston Scott uh, instead. Um, I'm starting Zach Ertz. Uh, I'm starting Dallas Goddard. I'm starting both of them. I love that. This team has two top ten tight ends. It's great. Um, there you go. That's that's the that's the list. This Philly defense is really good. I think that they are they're really good up front. Um, I think that they can feast in that aspect. Uh, and also Darius Slay, and then they have Nico Roby Coleman, so they have a good nickel corner. It's just their other corner spot that's bad. 
which is a man by Avante Maddox, which I'm still I'm glad that he's able to play after um, dealing with that serious injury last year against Green Bay. So it's great to see him out there. Um, like you said, Washington just has a bad, bad defense. The one thing to be nervous about with Miles Sanders is they have Washington's got a good front seven, like a real good front seven. They're bad. They're bad. And their corners aren't that bad, really. Kendall Fuller. Uh, what's the other one? Bashad Breeland. And then they have. And then they have Landon Collins, who has regressed from his major payday. But that's a decent. He was never secondary. a cover safety, though. Either he's not a he's not a cover safety. But I mean, he but really, he's just going to eliminate. He's going to be like a Zachary Salas guy or threat. But I think that they're both so good that they'll neutralize and it'll be okay. Okay, so Miles Sanders news as of two days ago, uh, he was doing shadow drills, um, or as a few days ago, I should say, he was doing shadow drills, Ooh. and I. The Eagles, of course, do not have an injury report up on the website, but they have the Washington injury report on the website. They just don't have their own. Um, so I don't see an official injury report. Uh, but let's just talk about Boston Scott and Corey Clement real quick. The Eagles did only keep three running backs on the roster. So those three running backs are Sanders, Scott, and Clement. I think that that's more indicative of Sanders' status than anything else. Um, but what if Sanders is ruled out as a late week one uh, absence. What are you? What are you doing with Boston Scott and Corey Clement? Are you doing anything with Boston Scott and Corey Clement? Corey Clement sitting on the bench. Boston Scott starting. Boston Scott was a valuable fantasy asset last season. Corey Clement has never been a valuable fantasy asset. That's pretty easy money for me. If Miles Sanders, I know he is out. I am scrambling to start him anywhere, anywhere and everywhere. If I have, if I play DFS, he is going in my lineups because he is going to be severely underpriced. And if you can get underpriced running backs in DraftKings or in FanDuel, wherever you play, oh, that's money, money all day. So, yeah, if Sanders is out, I'm starting Scott. Clement can continue to sit in free agency. So so we were talking about how this could be, I think the Washingtons could be playing from behind a lot. The line on this game is uh, Eagles by 5.5, and, and then you have a 42.5 over-under. So Vegas does not think that there's going to be a ton of points, and they have the Eagles winning pretty easily. Um, which I don't necessarily agree with, uh, especially, you know, this is probably a blanket statement that we probably should have covered at the beginning, but defenses are going to be sloppy these first few weeks. There's going to be no defense, maybe New England, because Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, that has their defense playing at top speed. But even then, I wouldn't put New England in that category. I just don't think that there's going to be a defense that's going to really be playing at top level early on. So, I I like the over on a lot of these uh, a lot of these lines right now. Um, a quick note on overs and uh, weird years. The year of the lockout. So what was that? Twenty eleven. Yeah. Uh, the overs hit seventy three percent of the time in the month of September. Yep. Exactly. I got that. I got that text from a friend a couple days ago, and I remembered it as soon as you said something. Yeah, and there's been no preseason, limited limited scrimmages and stuff in 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 the off season leading up the last month or so. So I just don't expect defenses to be really good for a while. It's going to be a few weeks. Uh, moving on to Seahawks and Falcons. So Seahawks are currently coming in as one-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over-under for this game is 49-and-a-half. I'm taking the over, and I'm loving it. I want to start everybody that's in this game. I'm starting Russell Wilson. I'm starting Matt Ryan. I am starting both of the top. I'm starting all four of the top four receivers. DK Metcalf I, is amazing. Even though you cost me my fantasy championship last year, I do still love you. Um, I am starting. I'm actually I'm not starting Hayden Hurst. I lied. I'm starting Todd Gurley. 
I am starting Chris Carson. So you're you're starting everybody in this game. You're taking the over. Um, what's the spread? Seattle by one. One and a half. One and a half. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take yeah. Seattle to cover. This game's going to hit the over. This game's going to score a lot of points. If you are not watching this game because you're watching the Green Bay game, I understand, but <laughs> this game's going to be fun. Yeah, this is one of my this is one of the games that I'm looking forward to the most. And of course, yeah, I would get slayed at the same time as Packers Vikings. But this will be my alter this will be my second channel game. Like I, I switch back and forth between games. <laughs> this will be the other one. I might try to throw red zone up on the side or something like that and just throw Packers Viking up on the on the main TV. We'll figure that out later. But uh, this is definitely gonna be a game to keep an eye on. I'm gonna start everybody like you said, I'm starting everybody from this game. Uh, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, even Russell Gage in deep leagues, Todd, Todd Gurley, uh, if I didn't say him already, uh, Tight ends are a little bit, probably the only area where I'm going to pause a little bit with Hayden Hurst for the Falcons and Greg Olson for the Seahawks. Now, I actually believe that Greg Olson is going to be a very, very usable tight end this year. I think he's going to be a high-end tight end to low-end tight end one with Russell Wilson. I just think that there's going to be an instant connection. I believe that he's going to find an instant home in Seattle, and he's going to be instantly impactful. Uh, And in redraft formats, I love him as a late-round flyer. Did you say you're starting Russell Gage this week? In deep formats. Okay. I was like, I was like, I might have zoned out a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, All definitely right. in deep, deep formats. formats I, deep formats, I understand. Okay. All right. All right. So, Next game. Because, we, yes. I mean, we're starting everybody there. So, moving on. Chargers-Bengals. This is a weird game to me. Chargers are three-and-a-half point favorites. Over-under at 43-and-a-half. Um, I just don't know what to expect in this Chargers offense without Phillip Rivers. It, it, it's going to be an adjustment. And so, I'm having a really hard time starting anybody outside of Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen uh, and Hunter Henry. Uh, yeah, this week, um, I believe I have Austin Eckler as RB2. Uh, I think he's up yep, I do. Yeah. He's, he's RB2 for me because he's behind CMC. Austin Eckler is going to see a lot of targets this week. Um, Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen are both great values, especially with Mike Williams out. Mike Williams is out this week. He's likely practicing, out to be, FYI. Oh, is he? Yeah, but he is possibly out all of september possibly, what i yeah. see so uh, yep so something to monitor there i am not start i'm starting all three of those guys not super confident in literally anything else on that roster i don't want this the whatever other receiver is there um for cincinnati absolutely need a, if you absolutely need another wide receiver from the chargers joel reed is the guy to get fair enough i gotta tell a friend about that um tyler boyd joe mixon start start and maybe AJ Green, maybe uh, just because I don't know if I can like trust he's AJ Green though. I, I I was gonna say I was like I don't know if I can trust him. Plus Joe Burrow's not a big downfield guy, and that's where AJ Green makes his bread. But as a flex so, option, I would love AJ Green because he could be that boomer bust that you need to win you a matchup. Yep. So if you like need a flex option, like you got solid receiver production everywhere else. Like if you have safe floor production, like say you have Devonte Adams as your one, and then you have another like safe floor guy at, in your two spot. Like at one point in time in my dynasty league, I was running Michael uh, Michael Thomas and Devonte Adams as wide receivers one and two. So that's a situation where I'm like, I'm gonna take a flyer in my flex because agreed you, you can afford agreed. it. Yeah. So yeah. So that's kind of where I stand. Not, I'm not messing with the tight end for Cincinnati. So uh, it is uh, and then I, I, <laughs> just okay. I think the I think the Chargers win this game, but I think that but I think that's more just because defense. Um, the total isn't super high again. And I think the over hits just because of like overs hitting and defenses being bad, but I'm not like thrilled about this game. No, I'm not either. I think it's going to be another one of those messy games that you turn on and you're like, wow, it's 20 to 
12 in the fourth. It's going to be a weird game. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so moving on, Arizona, San Francisco. I'm actually really excited for this game because I really believe in this Cardinals offense. Vegas currently favors the 49ers by seven points with an over-under of 48 and a half. Uh, they think there's going to be a lot of points scored, so they assume that the Cardinals are going to be able to move the ball against the San Francisco 49ers defense, and I tend to agree because I do think that the Cardinals have the formula to beat this San Francisco defense. So with that being said, I'm starting Kyler Murray. Uh, Christian Kirk, I like him. I don't love him. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I'm starting, obviously, but I do think he's going to take. He's going to be a, a high-end wide receiver two this week. I don't know if he's a wide receiver one this week. Um, but I do love Kyler Murray, uh, Kenyon Drake, you're starting because you drafted him to start him every week. You did not draft Kenyon Drake to start him some weeks. And then on the other side of the ball, George Kittle easily, especially against the worst defense, uh, against the tight ends last year. Uh, hopefully they rectified those issues with Isaiah Simmons, but that remains to be seen. Um, and then you have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's probably borderline startable in Superflex leagues. Uh, who you're starting at running back. It's probably Raheem Mostert, but you're not comfortable with it. Wide receivers I am mess. very comfortable with it. I am I'm very not. comfortable with I'm it. Very much not. But wide receivers a mess because Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are fighting injuries and probably aren't going to start. So I think Kendrick Bourne's the number one wide receiver in San Francisco right now, but I don't love it. It's just a weird game to me. Um, I love Kendrick Bourne. And uh, kind of like I had said earlier regarding um, D. Uh, Daily fantasy like DFS lineups, Kendrick Bourne's a very good option as because uh, you're probably going to get him real cheap. Um, I wouldn't pay up for him, but I get him real cheap this week. You're starting George Kittle, Jimmy G, and Superflex. Raheem Mostert, I'm super comfortable with. This Cardinals defense improved with Isaiah Simmons, but they're still not very good. Raheem Mostert last year in games that he got at least 10 carries averaged nearly 18 PPR points per game. But do you He's think gonna you get do that 10? Again? That's the question. Yeah, because that's yeah, largely that's largely to touchdown dependent. Eh, I st- I think he can do it. This the, this offensive line is really good. The system's broken, so I think that he does it again. Uh, on the other side, you're starting Kenyon Drake. You're starting uh, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray, I'm a little lower on than you are this week. Um, I personally don't think that they can move the ball as well as everyone else does. Like if the like it all depends on the offensive line play. I think that their offensive line added pieces, but I'm not su- I'm not sold on it yet. And as a result, I'm a little lower on Murray. Um, well, I, I actually have him at QB 13, so technically he's not startable, but I I think when you couple that with the capital you spent on him, unless you have a guy that's in front of him, which you probably don't, you know, uh, like one of the Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, unless you have like another top-notch starting quarterback, I'm starting Kyler Murray because talent surpasses where I projected him. That's fair, um, but that's kind of, I, like I'm still I'm still probably starting in this week. I didn't I don't have any shares of Kyler Murray. I'm just gonna say that I don't have any shares of him. I tend to pass on quarterback longer. I let everyone else overdraft QBs and then I reap the value. Well, I only have so him in super flex leagues, FYI. <laughs> I don't even have him in super flex leagues because I didn't have a pick high enough because he always went at like the 1.5 because people were nuts. Uh, but that's where I'm at. Let's move on to the next one. All right, Buccaneers Saints. My Probably 2A game to watch this this week. Uh, behind Falcons and Seahawks, this is the game I'm most look, looking forward to. Uh, obviously, Packers is going to be number one. But then you have Buc- uh, Buccaneers Saints, another game I'm super excited to get into. You have Drew Brees, Tom Brady, probably the last time these two are going to head off. Actually, that's not true because they're in the same division. So that just don't even 
no, 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 just forget I said that. But the point is, <laughs> the point is, these two uh, two legendary quarterbacks, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, going at it. I'm excited for that. Michael Thomas is a smash. Um, Alvin Kamara is a smash. Jared Cook should be able to get some production, even against Levante David and this Buccaneers defense. So I like a lot of pieces from this game. And if Mike Evans is truly dealing with a soft tissue injury, Chris Godwin could be the wide receiver one of the week. Um, yeah, if he's dealing with that injury, that's true. Chris Godwin could be the wide receiver one of the week. Um, so the over-under is set real high, 49.5. Smash the over. Now, New Orleans is favored by 3.5 points. I think they covered that pretty easily. I'm not as high on this Tampa Bay team as everyone else seems to be. Their defense has improved last year, but they're still not very good. Really unproven at corner. Um, they have... I love their linebackers. Devontae David, one of the most underrated linebackers in football, period. Um, Devin, Devin White was really good last year, uh, could take a big step in year two. I think Shaq Barrett needs to prove that what last year wasn't a flash in the pan. Uh, this Saints defense is loaded. They should have drafted Patrick Queen. I understand that they don't draft LSU guys, but they should have drafted Patrick Queen, and this defense would have been flawless. They didn't. Moving on. Nothing against Cesar Ruiz or Cesar Ruiz, whatever. He's a great player. He's going to be strong strong for them. I'm starting Breeze, Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas. I'm starting Manny Sanders. I'm starting Godwin, Brady. Maybe I don't maybe love Brady. Emmanuel Sanders. I don't I, love him. I do just because I don't like the Buccaneers quarter, cornerbacks That's at fair. all. I don't think they're very good. That's and fair. then um, Godwin. And that leave the running backs alone. Can't trust them. Um, and then Gronk, maybe. O.J. Howard, maybe. But if you don't have to start either one of those guys, I wouldn't just because I want to see what their workload's going to look like. Um, and the Saints have a good, a really good defense, so I would maybe give it a week or two to try and figure it out. Like, hopefully you didn't overpay for tight end and you don't need to start them. But if you paid up for them and you have to start them, go for it. I completely agree. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of really great Bucks pieces to have throughout the course of the year. But moving on to Cowboys-Rams, a game that is semi-near and dear to our hearts. Mike McCarthy's first game as a Cowboy head coach, uh, the second biggest over-under of the week behind Chiefs and Texans. The over-under is set at 51.5 currently. The Cowboys are three-point favorites. This is the first game at SoFi Stadium for the Rams. Um, I actually think they're going to crumble. I just have a gut feeling, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. I just have a gut feeling that the Rams are going to they're gonna they're gonna fall flat on their faces week one. I don't know why, but it's just it's just eating away at me. I like the Cowboys in this game. I like Gallup. I like Cooper. Uh, it looks like Cooper's gonna play. So give me Prescott. Uh, give me Ezekiel Elliott. Give me Jarwin. Give me all of these players uh, on the Cowboys offense. And when you flip it and look at the Rams, maybe Acres I think is a low end wide or running back two. Um, depending on if he actually gets the workload. Malcolm Brown was listed as the unofficial running back one on their depth chart, which is just weird to me because he's not going to get running back one carries. I think they did the same thing last year with Daryl Henderson at some point. They listed him higher, and then Malcolm Brown ended up getting more carries or something like that. And so on the Rams side of the ball, Higby is not big. I'm not a big fan of Higby this week. Uh, I think you can start Cup. You can start Woods. Um, but it's Goff, Cup, and Woods on whoops woods on the uh ram side for me and that's about it uh here i'm starting golf i'm starting i'm starting higby this week uh the cowboys biggest weakness on their entire roster is safety they have no one there 
There is nobody in the safety room. Jeff Heath is not good, and then the other guy is also not good. I only know that Jeff Heath is one of the safeties because I always hear about how they need to get an upgrade over Jeff Heath. Um, so I'm starting Higby. I'm starting both the top two wide receivers. Cam Akers is interesting. You said he's a low-added RB2. Yeah, for me. If you got him if you got him as your RB3 and you don't have a better flex option, I think the Heat is the guy this week. Um, like Malcolm Brown might vulture your touchdown, so that's something to be wary of. If you just want a guy that's going to score you like eight points, though, I think Akers can do that because um, he's going to get passing work as well. Um, on the other side, like Tyler said, start start everybody. Even even CD Lamb, I think gets gets work because out because on on the Rams defense they have Donald, they have Jalen Ramsey, and then na- do me a favor, name their third best defender. Third best defender, probably Michael Brockers. Exactly. So it's, it's and that's I'm not I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that. So so yeah. So start your Cowboys. Um, start the top Rams, and enjoy the fireworks. Or John Johnson, but we can debate that later, different time. Yeah. Um, so moving on, Steelers Giants. I actually this is a really intriguing game to me because this is not a typical matchup, Steelers and Giants. Uh, but also, I am avoiding this Giants offense outside of uh, Saquon Barkley. I'm avoiding it like the plague. I don't like Daniel Jones. I don't like Sterling Shepard. I don't like Golden Tate. I don't like Evan Ingram. On the other side, though, I love all the Steelers. I, I love Ben Roethlisberger, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, uh, and whoever is the de facto tight end one. Could he be Ebron? Could be McDonald. Uh, Ebron will probably get the red zone work, so that's probably the guy you want. But honestly, I, I, I love the matchup because it's intriguing, Steelers-Giants, but I don't love the matchup from a fantasy perspective. Uh, give me Steelers all day. Giants are kind of avoiding. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants to not cover. I'm taking Steelers to cover, but I think I'm taking the under on points in this game because the Steelers' defense is really good, and I don't think that they're going to run up enough points to hit the over. I'm starting Juju. I'm starting Big Ben with confidence. Daniel Jones, I believe, is my 31st-ranked quarterback on the week, so that just tells you where I'm at on Daniel Jones this week. Um, they're starting a really young offensive line, so pass on that. I'm starting Barkley. Um, the thing is, with Evan Ingram, you probably have to start him just because of the price you That's probably fair. paid to get him. That's fair. So I think in that situation, now if you have a better guy with a better matchup or a better matchup, because I think Evan Ingram is a top like five tight end as long as he's healthy. So if you have a better matchup, I wouldn't hesitate to play it. Eric Ebron uh, was is being drafted as tight end twenty last year. Vance McDonald in the same offense was being drafted as tight end eight. So take for that what you will. If you drafted Vance McDonald, not Eric Ebron this year, you made a mistake. Eric Ebron is a better player. He is a better athlete. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns this year, or he's going to score all the touchdowns you expected Vance McDonald to score last year because he's actually good. All Vance McDonald did was end one guy's career because of a stiff arm on TV. That's all he's done. So um, yeah, starting my Steelers. Uh, I'm starting James Conner. Uh, and I'll start Deontay Johnson. I'll avoid James Washington. Yeah, I'm not the a final Washington game. fan. Yeah, final game. On to the f- final game. We got Tennessee. We got Denver. This game's got one of the lowest overrunners on the week at 42 for me is what I have listed. I'm not sure which one you have. Uh, Denver's, half, fa- so lower. Denver's favored by one and a half points. I don't like that. I want Tennessee. If you can get Tennessee on the money line, go for it. I've got Tennessee at one and a half on FanDuel. Okay, we'll go with that then. I still take Tennessee to cover that. Um, I'm starting Derrick Henry. Easy. I'm starting. I'm starting AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm starting Janu because Janu's great. Janu's awesome. Uh, that's it. There you go. I'm not starting Ryan Tannehill. I'm not starting uh, Corey Davis. 
to no. the other side to the other side I'm not starting the running backs I don't like them I don't think Melvin Gordon's that good and I think that he's going to get his value vultured by Phil Lindsay but you have to uh, so you have to pick one let's just say you have to pick one Lindsay uh, Lindsay or Gordon well I drafted well so I don't have to start either one but if I have <laughs> to start one I'll start Melvin Gordon because he's going to be the starter um I'll start Melvin Gordon, I guess. I'm not thrilled Lindsay, about it. So I guess You'll that, take, I, I think that perfectly sums up the entire offseason because nobody has any idea what they're going to do. I mean, Exactly. And then you're starting Cortland Sutton. I'm starting Jerry Judy because I think he's going to get volume. And then I'm starting Noah Fant as well. I'm not starting Drew Locke. Tennessee's got a good defense, but I think Cortland and Jerry Judy and Noah Fant all get enough volume to have a good day or a good week. Yeah, I think Drew Locke is uh, a good super flex QB2 this week. Just because the upside is there, but he's very much boomer bust because we don't know what Drew Locke is going to be this year. We assume he's going to take another step forward. We assume he's going to be the quarterback that everybody wants him to be, but there's a reason why he was not a first-round pick. And so what can Drew Locke be? I think, I think he's going to be a fine quarterback, but this week I think he's a startable QB2 with upside, but you're also taking a big risk. I'm with you. All right, so we just kind of blew through every single game. Uh, if you honestly have any questions about uh, matchups or, or sit-start, we will be live on Sunday morning. Uh, we will be doing sit-start questions. We'll be taking your questions live and answering them for you. Uh, please show up to that because it's going to be a blast, and we can't wait. Uh, we go on right before the game on Wisconsin uh, pre-snap, which will take you right up into Packers game time. So honestly, you just spend your entire morning with Game on Wisconsin. It should be, it should be a blast. I, I honestly can't wait. Uh, but we have a couple more things that we want to go over just real quick before we let you go. Uh, so before the show, we talked about coming up with one ironclad take-it-to-the-bank prediction uh, for this weekend. Uh, Gage, what did you come up with? Devontae Adams finishes wide receiver one on the week. Book it. Fair enough. And I'm going to go to the Chargers game and say Austin Eckler finishes as a wide receiver one on the week. Or, right, right. A wide receiver one? Running yeah, back nice. one on the week. <laughs> so obviously we could say that Christian McCaffrey finishes an RB1, but he's going to finish as an RB1 nine out of ten times. But Austin Eckler, you drafted him to be your guy. Trust him to go out there and be your guy this week. He's going to be an RB1, uh, probably a top five running back this week. So uh, unless something drastic happens, knock on wood, like he gets injured, I- I'm, taking, I'm taking Austin Eckler as an RB1 for the week. Uh, one last thing we're going to do, and this, this will be a regular segment uh, called Gut Check. And so what this is going to be for us is basically where we take one prediction that's not based on stats, not based on news, not based on anything else but our guts, and uh, we honestly deliver it to you, and uh, we'll hope, hope it comes true so that we look smart. But if it doesn't come true, then it, was, it wasn't based on anything, so who cares? But uh, what was your gut check for the week? Uh, go ahead and give yours first. got to figure out where I wrote mine down. Wow. My gut check for the week is that Aaron Rodgers goes off. I, it's, I, I know I said we're not basing enough stats, but I honestly believe, I have believed it for the last couple of weeks, Aaron Rodgers is going to go off this week. He's going to remind everybody why he is a Hall of Fame first ballot quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is going to go off. He's going to be a QB1 easily, and he's going to be one of the top quarterback plays this week. Mine is Josh Allen finishes as a top five quarterback this week. I love his matchup. I love his athleticism. I love his weapons. I think that he's got a big week ahead. So that is my gut check of the week is that Josh Allen's a top five quarterback this week. Awesome. And that will do it for us today. Uh, So please tune in uh, if you're listening to this on Saturday. 
uh, or Friday, just tune in on Sunday because we'll be covering all these things that we just covered today, all the questions of uncertainty that we have. We'll be going over everything on Sunday in our live Q&A. Just go to the Game on Wisconsin Twitter and we'll be there. We'll be taking your questions uh, live. Like I said, I, can't, I don't know how many times I can say it for you. We'll be live taking your questions so you can enter your fancy lineups before kickoff start at noon central time. Uh, that will start, what, did, what time did we decide on, Gage? Was it 9.30? Uh, yeah, 9.30. 9.30 Central Time. We will be out there uh, on Twitter taking your taking your questions. So please, whatever platform you're listening to, uh, to podcasts on, rate and subscribe. Uh, give, us a, give us a comment. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Um, tell, tell your friends about us, you know, because I, I think we're cool guys, and I think that we deserve, deserve some, some word of mouth in that way. So uh, just let us know how we're doing. Give, give us a rating, subscribe, and uh, as always... Go back, go.